slow. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome into Commission Corner, first week of the playoff edition here in season 11. Joining me this week, two men that are competing for the famous Yarby. David Walser looking for his first championship in the Luke. Had a really strong season, David. Thanks for joining us. Oh, happy to be here, Kamish. First time this season, so we can't wait to hear from you. And of course, the one, the only, John Fishback, who is ready to go hit the waves in Hawaii. So we got to get him in and out of here for the pod. John, congratulations on making the playoffs and looking for your first championship in the non-dead ball era. Well, I thought we established that mine was the first and a new it. What's it called? New ball era? New ball era. Live ball era, whatever you want to call it. Modern era. Uh, um, we both it it sounds like people are saying it. Randy's first one is when that really, the live ball era commenced. That's what I- uh, whatever. <laughs> well, congratulations tomato, you know? either way. <laughs> you guys are still in the running for the trophy. Excited to see what takes place here. But before we look forward, let's look backwards because it was a crazy final week of the Luke regular season. As we know, there are only three teams that were statistically eliminated going into the final week. Yours truly, unfortunately. Um, Jack McDonald, who's been washed for quite a few years as an owner, and the unluckiest man of 2023, Tyler Bagenstoss, um, our beer mile, beer mile champion. Other than that, it was any up for anyone to take. Um, going into the week, we had Randall and David already secured in their spots. But of course, David was still going to be a key player in this because he was matched up against the mouth of the South, Paul Sheffield, um, who was, I believe, had like a 40% chance to make it, um, staring up at the likes of John Fishback and Kyle George. Fellas, to set the stage, I, I just want to know going into the week, your thoughts specifically, both of you kind of playing main character, you know, in the last week of the regular season. John, I want to start with you because you were not clinched into the playoffs yet, um, but came through in the clutch. How are your feelings going into the final week? I felt uh, I felt like I was probably not favored to win that matchup. The projections, I was like 20 points less than Derek because uh, Saquon and Diggs were both out. So I was nervous going into that, and I had to win. But fortunately, Nico Collins, that trade like week two or three with Tyler, finally paid off. And if I didn't do that, I would have lost. So I'm feeling pretty pretty good about that right now. And, and it's got to so, – Huh? Oh, I was going to say, and it's got to feel good that you didn't just sneak by with like a 95-point win. I mean, you put up 132. That's a, that's a really strong performance going into the playoffs. I know, and I, I'm pretty sure it's my highest scoring week of the entire year. So my boys are getting hot at the right time. And unfortunately, David is going to be the one that's going to have to face that. That's going to have to feel that raffle. Speaking of David, yeah. as we mentioned, he was looking to play defender, keeping Paul out of the playoffs. Unfortunately, was not able to do so. David, before you jump into your matchup, what were the emotions like on your side, knowing how badly most of the Lug was rooting for you to win this week. 
Well, I it was weird playing that week because of how stressed everyone else, particularly our friend Kyle, which still would be great to hear from him at some point. But um, <laughs> it was weird going into that week without like really any stress. Like it was really nice to be. Yeah. There's <laughs> and, and so going into that week and and then a lot of like Paul's game hinged on on Monday. And and so uh like on on sunday the dolphins did their thing and i put up i think i think i put up the second highest that week so like paul had to put up the highest in the week so he had to show out and he, and he did obviously and I, yeah it was a good week for josh allen to be on by for him and for dj Moore to be on by um <laughs> and i think yeah i mean it was just nice not going in stress but at first I thought it'd be funny for, for Paul to win. And I immediately regretted it because of the beast that it unleashed in the chat. That is, that is true. He was absolutely on one and feels obviously very good about his team going into the playoff picture. Um, I do have to say there was it. There's something about having nothing on the line. Well, I'd much rather be on your space where it's, you're already in the playoffs, but even being eliminated, it's like, the first week in a long time where I can enjoy watching football instead of just being <laughs> nervous and stressed yeah. the whole time. The fantasy season has a way about uh, making Sundays electric, but also kind of ruining them when things aren't going so well. So I can yeah. understand that that stress free. The, the other thing that was nice for last week though, is um, I'm like the tight end position, I think is always hard for people to get like a solid, solid position for. And somehow I was able to snag Taysom Hill. Yes. Uh, yeah. I yes. dropped him. Sure. I dropped him. Well, you dropped him, and then I tried to pick him up, and then Tyler picked him up, and so I wasn't (laughs) able to get him. And then, like, Saturday morning, he was available, and so I was able to snag him, which was honestly pretty big. Who who would have guessed Tyler would make a wrong move here late in the season? That (laughs) that doesn't sound like anything we've seen before. Yeah, I'm also, like, I I don't know. Shout out Tyler for still working the waiver, I guess, because I would not be even dealing with it at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just feels like a chore for him to open that app (laughs) a couple times a week. (laughs) Just got to put his time in. I, you got to respect it. I agree. At this point, he's just playing to avoid fines. So making sure the lineup's set and then moving on, I think is, is probably how his Sunday or I mean, his Saturdays are looking. Um, well, fellas, we do have our playoff picture set now, as we just mentioned. It's going to be the one seed, Randall Tainer, facing off against the four seed, Paul Sheffield, um, and the two seed, David Walser, against the three seed, John Fishback. And I did want to point out for everyone mentioning how unfair the divisions were at the beginning of the year, um, the T-Swift division takes three out of four playoff spots. So uh, Rihanna can suck it, John. Way to be the representative from there. Actually, and before we go into the playoffs, David mentioned it, but how are we feeling for our boy KG? Obviously a heartbreaking season. He he looked like a really strong contender most of the year, and injuries just stacked up week after week late in the season. I think really costing him a spot. Otherwise, I think he's in there. Well, um, and the week before last week, so when I played Paul, but the week before Kyle and I played each other, and that was for either of us to clinch a playoff spot. And he almost did it. He yeah. was so close, like going into Monday. But Josh Allen went off and put up thirty nine. Uh, brutal. And, and so, you know, you know how much Kyle's he he's aware, you know, and focused on the fantasy season. So you know he's watching these with 
complete focus and you've got to feel for the guy that two weeks in a row just unbelievably heartbreaking losses yeah. it John, is do you think that impacts his legacy I think it's it's pretty spot on with his legacy. You yeah, know, he's just always to it. <laughs> yeah, it, he he's always like right in the hunt, but never comes out on top. And even looking at it right now, he has half a point less than our one seed Randall for points scored on the season, and yet he misses the playoffs by a sliver. So you do got to feel for him. Kyle's definitely faced the most like um, stable heartbreak year after year. So I I feel super bad for him. And yeah, I just need to hear that he's alive or something. <laughs> get get a pulse from him. I texted him. Anything. I tried to get him to come to the pod. I was like, hey, can you come pod with us? But no response. Radio silence. Damn. I'm sorry. I, I might need to actually drive to his house. Like this is this, <laughs> it's a great bit, but man, I'm, I'm slightly actually concerned. Uh, no, but now we'll dive into kind of the playoff picture. We'll start with your guys' matchup here. Um, obviously, two of the stronger teams in the league this year. How are you two feeling going into this week? David, I'll start with you. Heavily relying on the Dolphins, as you have all year, but they've come through time and time again, and we saw the return of Devon A-Chain. Yet again, two touchdowns. Uh, Raheem Mostert was able to squeak one out as well, I believe. Are you comfy, you know, riding that? team to a championship and especially to a victory in these next two weeks yeah and uh, well so i'm gonna roll back time to like i think it was last season uh john called me out in like the season breakdown of not spending any of my waiver wire money <laughs> technical term and that that burned deep and so when achan was on the block i think i spent like 85 dollars on him this year and I think one that's paid off. So shout out John for calling me out on that. Cause I will not do that again. Uh, <laughs> and then we went into draft season. I like went in with the mentality of, of like the NBA teams that are winning. Like you've got to have three superstars, three people at least that can carry you to, to victory and everyone else can suck it. And so honestly, I think with the dolphins, I just lucked out like, that that was just luck. I didn't look at the Dolphins and know. But looking at Tyreek, I definitely going into the draft was wanting to snag him. And then I wanted to grab Josh Allen. I thought those were going to be my like workhorses on the year. And then Derrick Henry's been kind of off and on, but lately has been good. But the matchups for me against John this week, uh, <laughs> the Dolphins play the Titans on Monday. That's favorable. <laughs> yeah that's favorable but john made a good point in the chat where he's got two dolphins um unfortunately i would say i have the dominant dolphins when it comes to scoring between tyreek mostert and achan um for john that's a little bit of a bummer but my matchups the next two weeks for the dolphins are super favorable and then whoever wins in the paul and uh randall matchup unfortunately the matchups after that are much less favorable for the dolphins with the cowboys and the ravens so uh, I was hoping because I, I unfortunately do think Paul's team is the most explosive right now. So I was hoping that that would have been the matchup. Um, so I could have could have timed that better with the Dolphins matchup. But we'll see how it goes. I uh, Yeah, but I do. I do feel pretty good. And I do think it's bullshit that John gets the two points to start. No, that's that's all. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's home field. Advantage. <laughs> that's home field advantage. He's a division winner. He's earned it. Uh, no, David. Yeah, I, think I mean, 
in the in the Rihanna division, we've been battling it out all year. We've been beating each other up, so I think it's well deserved. Us. Those two yeah, points, yeah, battling out for the top <laughs> top. It's worst. a meat grinder, baby. <laughs> it is a meat grinder. Um, no, David, I think I think you've been spot on. It's a super impressive season. It follows like the exact diagram. I feel like of the perfect fantasy football team that we've seen over the last eleven years throughout the league, where you had the superstar that not only was good already but popped off with Tyreek, like. He's putting up numbers like Randy Moss on the Patriots, it feels like, when John had him all those years ago. And then Josh yeah. Allen, despite the Bills' lack of success, is a fantasy god. Like, he still yeah. always puts up his 23 to 25 points a game, even if they're losing on the field. Um, and then outside of that, you've just got all guys that are going to get at least, like, the 10-point range and could go up to the 20s. So I think that's a really, really solid structure there. And like as far as the position rank goes for the team, like I've got the QB one, I've got the wide receiver one, I have the RB two. Um, you have the RB four. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, and then Achan's like I think the RB like twenty four, but that's yeah. only because he's been injured so much. So if you really just looked at what he's been averaging, like he's fantastic. he might be number one. Yeah, he might right. be one overall. Yeah, nineteen point eight average points per game when he plays. Yeah. And it's DJ nuts. Moore sneaky really good by he the got, way. Yeah, he was sneaky hot really garbage good. at the beginning, and then obviously when the when his quarterback went out, also you know continual hot garbage. But lately he's been he's been pretty reliable. And earlier in the year when he when I put up one eighty one, that was the the week he put up forty five. So it'd be pretty sick for him to do that again. And so John, let's flip over to your side of things here. Um, obviously, the winner of the division. But looking at your matchup here, David has throughout the season been an absolute juggernaut scoring points last week loses with 136.5 whereas you won with 132 with your highest scoring output of the year are you worried that this is going to become an arms race or are you going to try to drag him into the mud no see let me tell you about why mine and david's matchup is interesting here connor so like we'd mentioned he has good matchups with the dolphins so three of his players and I think the Dolphins, since they got Ramsey back, their defense, who I have, has been the number one scoring defense uh, over the course of the past however many weeks. And they have a great matchup again this week. Plus, I have a little hedge with Tua throwing them the ball. Um, and then on the flip side, David has Josh Allen. I have Stefan Diggs. So we have, we have that odd tandem yeah. there. And then the third one, which is like a, a – can be a very frustrating one for me is the Camara Taysom Hill dilemma, mm. where even last week um, Taysom Hill got a goal line carry from the one yard line, didn't get in, and then they gave the ball to Camara on the very next play. So that can totally flip the game depending on how the Saints intend to game plan with that, uh, which is fun to watch. So what I think in this matchup, honestly, it's going to come down to our. Uh, Henry and Saquon to really need to uh, single one of them out as the top scorer for us, as well as Collins and DJ Moore. So it's a really interesting battle here where we're only watching a few games to kind of see who comes out on top, which I'm excited for. It makes those games super stressful. That's a, that's a great preview. I didn't realize how intertwined your two teams actually are. Um, and, and that should make it, you know, I guess it can always go one way or the other, but that should make for a really close battle over the next two weeks. Do you, either of you have a 
opinion on the fact that we do two week playoff matchups and if that favors you or puts you at a disadvantage. I love it. I like yeah. it just because it it takes stress off of week one. And then ideally you have kind of some extra weight on week two if the matchup's close enough, which I don't know. I think it's very fair and makes it more fun that it's multiple weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the only one where it gets like really hard is the second. Like if you make it to the finals, that second matchup, particularly yeah. that last week, because they're resting if you've got really good teams and they're resting players. And like I've gotten second in this league twice and largely because of that issue. Like you yeah, get okay. Really? That's the reason. And then <laughs> John. <laughs> God, new, okay. you're, you haven't won a new ball era. I don't know why you're talking shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's claiming Babe Ruth's Yankee championships like he does. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's so not true. 2017 was not that long ago. Connor, is that when you started dating Tessa? No, 2015. 2018. Okay, yeah. So are you saying that that's outdated? <laughs> no, because we kept refreshing it. You know, we kept winning year over year. You haven't done anything since. They got a dub with the ring. (laughs) True. Well, hopefully I can cap it off with a ring this year as well, Connor, just to solidify a great year for you and me. (laughs) That would be, you know, whoever wins, it's (laughs) going to be a great year for me. So I can't can't lie. Um, All right, let's move over and look at Paul versus Randall. Uh, David, you had already mentioned you think Paul is poised to be the most explosive team in the playoffs potentially. Um, John, would you back up that sentiment? Or do you think Randall, who is, as a reminder, the overall record leader in the Louvre for the regular season this year and is on a string of going every other year championship, last place, championship, or yeah, championship, last place, championship, last place. Will he get his championship this year? Um, No, I see. I think Randy is the team I'm least afraid of. I would... I would rather play Randy than Kyle, honestly. And I thought I was going to because uh, I just figured David would run away with the one seed and that Paul would or Paul or Kyle would sneak in with that four seed. So then it would just be me and Randall stuck in the middle playing each other. But unfortunately, I don't get the easy matchup like Paul gets. And uh, (laughs) David and I are going to have to actually battle it out over these next two weeks. And do you think there's like, obviously I've never won and I, I really want to win, but I would make the argument that Paul probably wants to win more than anyone because of the asterisks on his, on his current title. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. He's the, he, he has not won a title. Like right. he legitimately has not won a championship. Right. Well, yeah. it also takes away the immediate comeback every time Paul says yeah. anything. Yeah, that is know? also true. It's our weapon for his 19 texts we receive every time he wins. <laughs> yeah, uh, like David, you've had those runs, so so you don't have any of any of that like kind of underhanded, underlying um, like issues to deal with that people are constantly bringing up. You know, so I think Paul, just for that sake alone, so he can talk shit unhindered, is is. The scary process. Yeah, it's, it's scary. Scary. It's it's a terrifying idea to have Paul unfettered uh, and actually have his name on there without an asterisk. So, yeah, I yeah, Randy's. I hope Randy's able to put him away this week and next week. What What do you think it would mean to the Luke if Randy does put him away? Is that a legacy defining loss for Paul if that were to take place, despite it not looking good to both of you? I think it's good for Paul because it's probably the furthest he's been able to get on his own. 
Like that, that... <laughs> nice, David. <laughs> Very nice. I think um, it is. I agree. I think it'll be a huge blow, though, to to this overconfidence that he has in the league. I don't see the the messages being as confident and as arrogant if he does lose, which may be, you know, best for everyone. Best for him to tamper his expectations towards more of what he is than what he wants to be. Yeah, and in the future, he's just going to be more distracted. Kid number two on the way. So I feel like this is kind of his final final hope to to put his stamp on the trophy without an asterisk. And yeah, just we can't let that happen, frankly. Speaking of which, it is it's a little scary that he also has the momentum of having a second child coming, you know, during this playoff run. Basically, um, you know, if I if I were looking at fate, it, it almost makes too much sense for him to come home with a championship. Uh, to bring to his newborn but we will see where the cards fall i do want to call out randall's team name here before we go um nice. hannah blew me like i'm a chubba oh wow so randall is up and ready for this matchup he is not going to be backing down uh in pure randall tainer fashion a spot of brilliance on the team name and we'll see <laughs> the circle with some brilliance <laughs> on the field this weekend. Oh my god! <laughs> I I cannot believe that. I also don't even know what that means. Like, what does the second half of that mean? What's a Chuba? Well, he's got Chuba Hubbard on his team. Okay, so uh, yeah, he you know he's making a, but I think he's saying like I think he's it's got, a Chub joke. Yeah, it's a stretch David implication. David, yeah. Randall doesn't have a Chub though, so I well. All right. Well, before we get too far down this this rabbit hole, is there any final thoughts, fellas, you want to say before your uh, we see the first week of your playoff matchup take place? I have a question for you, David. I can't wait. Okay, so if you do go on this run here and take home your first championship, can we be expecting a limited time celebratory special drink from Dutch Bros to be released? Oh. That's a fantastic. Honestly, I will do my best. That's a John. You're just you're freaking firing all cylinders right now. That's a great Dude, idea. That almost makes me want to root for you. <laughs> if, if we if we can get a Lug sponsored David celebratory drink. Oh my god, that would be that would incredible. be amazing. Even if it was at in one store for like one hour at Grants Pass, I yeah. would drive. Even down. like a subtle one, like only you guys knew. Okay, yeah, that's like, a good way to do it too. Like that that might be able to be it. Might be able if, to happen. If David can pull that off, or or if you can at least tell us like what your championship drink would be, even if it's on the menu, we all have to get them that week as as a celebration and coordination yes. for David. I think that's a fair deal throughout the loop. Yeah, I have I have a lot of uh, kiss assery that I need to do with the marketing team because we just had our holiday party today, and like every year I do a new skit for Dutch Bros. Like with like think SNL where we do like a year in review. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we just did it today and it's all like pre-recorded, but we just absolutely murdered marketing. And <laughs> I, <laughs> are those posted online by chance? Are we able to see those? They they are not online, but I may be able to get my hands on, on a link uh, for you. But um, so I, 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 before we get the drink named or something, but even, yeah, okay. You've got my brain churning there, John. That's great. There we go. I love, I love it. it. Yeah, so I got to get my way back into good graces with them because we, yeah, we took a lot of shots at them. Well, there is certainly a lot on the line these next two weeks. I can't wait. We'll probably need to do maybe a mid, mid-round mid check-in next week as well. So I'll connect with both of you fellas again and see if we can run this back. Um, you're doing, you're probably doing a podcast next week with Paul and, and Randy. 
I'm going to try to get them today. Well, probably tomorrow now. So Saturday, but if I can't get them, then yes, they'll be the pod next week during the I like That actually is great. Cause I was really concerned. Paul was going to be able to hear this first. And like, yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to try to get them on tomorrow. But if, <laughs> if they can't. And yes, he will hear this first for unfortunately for you, David. <laughs> uh, all right. It's all right. It's all right. Paul can handle it. You know, this, this is the least of some of the shit he's been tossed this season in the past true. couple. So, especially by Paul, you, John, especially by you. And, you know, having a kid, I've heard it matures you a lot. So I I'm do still not waiting to see that. that. Yeah, we're, no. all, we're all waiting to see that part come to fruition. <laughs> Maybe it's number two for us. I honestly, like, I, our chat this year in particular, I think we've regressed in maturity, and I'm here for it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I would agree completely. I've been shocked at some of the things thrown out, like things that we haven't said since college, and I – I'm there was some it. shit I said when I was a little drunk at the Washington game that I looked back at and I was like, oof. Dude, <laughs> I, David, that was cracking me up, dude. I was laughing so hard, dude. I was dying. <laughs> I think, like, as everyone slowly grows, uh, you know, in their careers and just gets older and has more and more responsibility piled onto us in our daily lives, it's so nice to have this outlet for all exactly. of Exactly. Or, you know... Where you don't need to like think twice before sending something, so uh, you have to worry about HR contacting you. It's very nice. Yeah, and Ty- yeah, Tyler said it best. This chat is goaded, and I'm grateful for it. And it's yeah, I mean, it's just fantastic that we all stay connected through this. And whenever I like tell people at work about it, they're blown away. Like that we have this group, and they're they're so impressed. Obviously, they don't see the content of what we're saying, so they just get to I hear this. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like even today, I was like, "Hey guys, I got to balance." And they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, we're going to film a podcast or record a podcast for our fantasy football league." And they're like blown away. So that sentence should not exist. (laughs) Shout out to the Lug because this is legendary, and I hope it goes on forever. I agree. Parts of every year and every week during the season. Yeah, I saw a tweet earlier this year that's like. Here goes me wasting another $150 just to have friends for the next four months again. <laughs> With ours, I'm happy, I'm happy to pay that entry fee every year. I me um, too. And I would pay for just the content, honestly. If I couldn't be in the league, I would I would just pay to be in the group text to watch it all take place. Hey, it's that's a good idea. Entry. Maybe we can put it behind a paywall and, and the winner gets extra. <laughs> Get some subscribers on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Invest in a couple new trophies. Yeah. Love that idea. Alrighty. For David Walzer, for John Fishback, and Kamish Khan, we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks, boys. Later. Bye-bye. All right. And joining us now, a very special treat, the other two participants in the Luke's Season 11 playoffs, the one-seed Randall Tainer, who is uh, currently, if you hear background noise, walking through a Target. Uh, as he records so we love the dedication to the lug and also the lack of dedication to the lug at the same time uh happy oh, to have no, you i'd be here man i'm here okay <laughs> it's great uh uh yeah don't mind me walking through target uh it has four levels so that's fun but uh, i've never been in this one but uh excited to be here what are what are we shopping for today we uh fun fact we met some new friends here in dc um and they invited us to a party tonight us being lauren and i and it is prom theme so earlier in the day we went thrift shopping for 
uh, Lauren got a prom dress and I got like an old um, sports jacket. Uh, Compare with the baby kind of funny. And, uh Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And now I am looking for like a rubber band clip to make a corsage out of. Fantastic. That's a, that's a great theme and a great effort out of you both. Uh, also yeah, someone that's shown great effort yeah. as of late. Paul, just give me a second to introduce you at least. Well, I've, I need to know if Randall's Target has the cart um, elevators. It does, yes, but um, it's not working. There's like oh. a cart jammed in it right now, so it's... Oh, it's a real bummer. Um, it is, yeah, actually, but, I, uh, I want to hear luckily... a little more about those, but I am going to introduce Paul real quick. Okay, he's the deal. four Sorry. seed in this yep, year's yep. playoffs. Uh, he's the one seed in his own heart, and we, we all know that through the group text. Uh, the one, the only mouth of the South, Paul Sheffield, joining us today. Paul, can you tell me a little more about these elevator carts? Are you talking about the escalator ones that you put it next to the escalator in it? it yeah, it goes up. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Epic, okay, so you, you, you do know those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, just, I don't think we have any, at least near us in Oregon. But, man, I, I would go to a bigger city just so I could uh, see my <laughs> cart go up one of those escalators. There is one in a Safeway <laughs> near me. Um, I'm... This is an embarrassing uh, admission, but I'm always too nervous to use it because I don't know if I'm going to be the guy that jams my card in there. So I, I, That's I why I don't think I've ever used it. Yeah, me neither, but I think it's a great invention. It is. Uh, and as much as people want to hear about our shopping habits, I think they're here for something a little more important, and that is the League mm-hmm, of Ordinary mm-hmm. Gentlemen, and especially right. the pursuit of the Yarby, which again, Paul, Randall, congratulations, you're both very much in the hunt, one of the four or two of the four teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah. We've already heard from John and David, so we're excited to patch this together. Um, you're obviously squaring off this week, but before we look ahead, I want to go backwards to last the last week of the regular season in the loop because it was drenched in drama. Um, I've already, already stated that, unfortunately, Tyler, uh, Jack, the most washed owner in the league, and myself, um, who put up mm-hmm. a valiant effort this year, some are saying, uh, are were eliminated going into mm. the week. Otherwise, it was anyone's spots to take. Randall, of course, you had clinched going into it along with David and ended up with the best record in the loop. I'm curious to know what were your thoughts going into the final week, being comfortable in the fact that you were in the playoffs? Were you worried about seeding? Were you just kind of sitting back chilling, like win or loss, you were not too concerned you're getting your team hyped for the playoff make sure you don't get any major injuries or where was your head at yeah uh well the last thing you just said there we're already battling a little bit of injury bug right now but we'll get into that um to answer your question felt great um or i would say comfortable not having to jockey for a place uh the last week because we all know how close the lug was and um, if I had lost, I think to you, Connor, the week prior, it, it would have just added probably 10 more playoff combinations or possibilities to the mix. So I'm glad I avoided all of that. As far as playoff seeding, um, I think I said it on the pod with, with Cooper that I was like, technically David and I could try to manipulate seedings or matchups if we so desired, but I'm always of the, uh, mind that to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so, and also with a lot of the teams being pretty similar and um, kind of their uh, 
you know, scariness or just competitiveness, you know, Kyle, Paul, even Derek, all very viable opponents. And so I just, you know, said, let the chips fall where they may and uh, let's go to work. Yeah. And you've always got to worry about fantasy karma. I feel like when you're manipulating matchups and whatnot, that's, yes, yes, that's you do. a scary, scary uh, fate to play with when you're messing with the fantasy gods. Paul, on the other side of things, obviously, you outlined all the scenarios for us. You and Derek both did not control your own fate. And I want to focus on yourself, as you often do. Um, how were you <laughs> feeling going into the last week? Were you actually as confident as your text made it sound? Or were you terrified basically the whole week? Were you glued to your TV? Give us kind of the rundown. Um, I was terrified. Um, yeah, I was terrified. I didn't think I actually had that good of a chance, especially when I thought my biggest reliance was on the Derek John matchup. Um, but I was able to squeak by, by with Kyle's loss, um, and playing the best team in David, seeing that I had to score 144 and a half points or 145 points in order to win was just the culmination of just how my season has gone. Um, I mean, I think if Tyler has like 300 points more than the next closest person against him, I think I'm right up there with him. And so just seeing that that's the way that I had to, win was actually also one of the most satisfying ways is that I had to put up 150 um, in order to even get there. What I didn't even anticipate, and this is not me trash talking Randy, I do think David is the best team. I think most of us could probably agree that David is probably a tier above the other three teams. Um, And I don't think I even thought that, I think I just assumed he was going to be the one seed. I didn't realize that with a Randy win, he'd be the one seed. And I'm not excited to play Randy because all the teams are good this year. Even John, who I've shit-talked, I mean, he's put up like 100, 100 and something, a lot of points last week. Um, 132. And, yeah, 132. So all the all these teams in the playoffs are good. Um, but I am excited to be playing Randall instead of having to play the entire Dolphins offense for two weeks. Um, and- now, I, I understand that Randall has Jalen Waddle, but um, not as scared about him as I am all of David's team. So it feels pretty good to get to play Randy instead of um, David. I think that's a, a very fair take on Waddle there. But at the same time, I want to ask a, a one more question here going into the la- last week. You mentioned you were more concerned about the Derek John matchup. Um, were you eyeballing John for the four spot, That who you would have to jump for the four spot? Was there a point in time until – late Sunday where you really realized, oh, wait, Kyle's the guy I've got to go beat? Or were you playing, you know, kind of imagining both scenarios going into the weekend before scoring took place? I just think I thought Kyle was going to be in the playoffs. So that's why I was like, I thought I was battling John more than anything. I thought, because even with the Kyle loss and a John win, I still had to outscore Kyle regardless. And so I think I just assumed that I was having to uh, look at that matchup way more and then have my fate not be based on it um, was just very helpful. So again, I, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say on that. I just, and I I don't mean this to trash talk Kyle either, but I think I just kind of thought he was going to be in as what we, a lot of us thought one of the two or three best teams um, that, his team would get there. All he had to do was win or have someone else lose. And that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, one of the most snake bitten franchises in the loop for sure. Maybe the most um, Randall, I want to go to you there. 
what are your thoughts on not hearing from Kyle over the last week? Do you uh, believe he's okay? Do you think we need to have a welfare check done? Where, where are you at with Kyle right now? Um, one, I have, I think the bit is absolutely hilarious. Um, so I, if, I, I think Kyle should keep it going, but I think I texted this. If he is in any kind of dark mindset further, that is beyond just, you know, a very tough, tough end of the Luke season. Uh, let someone know, maybe just one of the 10 of us. Uh, but anything short of that, I say, keep the bit going. And that's, that's a great point, Paul. I want to go to you now. Um, what do you think this says about Kyle's legacy? Do you think uh, it impacts Kyle's legacy? Do you think this was, this was, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back? Or how do you feel about how we're, as a league, going to view Kyle, Kyle's history as a note? I think, I think this has been a theme for me throughout the podcast and throughout the season. But there's just some things that are the way they are. And... Uh, you can count on Kyle to be a two to five seed. So I would say he underperformed maybe slightly compared to where he normally is in that like three, four kind of. I think we lost your audio there, Paul, for a second. Uh, can you repeat that last part real quick for me? Oh, yeah. Hang we, on. We got you now. You're good. Okay. Um, it's just kind of who he is at this point. Um, yeah, just who he is. And, and Randall, going back to you, one more point on Kyle. Uh, how do you think mm-hmm. he's able to keep picking himself up off the mat year after year? And do you think this was the year where we might see a recession in his interest in the Luke? I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting you ask me that question, Connor, because, I mean, I think you could ask Derek. I think you could ask Paul. I think you could ask <laughs> Kyle himself. How does anyone pick themselves up? off the mat year after year in the Lug after just some really questionable slash disappointing uh, results, but hope springs eternal. Um, and hey, hey, even take me, you know, having to run the, the beer mile last mile year, probably, the worst probably top five lowest moment of my life. Yeah, I'm talking, Con. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, when uh, we gathered for the draft this year, it's like, hey, New year, we got a chance. Obviously, I've done it uh, more than once before, so I kind of had uh, a little bit more of a foundation to, and proof of concept to build off of. But um, I think come next August, when we're getting ready to do our draft and Kyle's got his 14 pages of notes going and all that good stuff, I think he's going to be uh, ready to uh, go at it once more. And, and Paul, um, on a separate note, Unless you have any final comments there. Well, I just think um, we can liken Kyle. Um, I'm just thinking like college sports at this point. We have a lot of college basketball on today. We've been watching a lot of college football. Kyle reminds me a lot of both the Oregon Ducks and the uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs in that always, you know, you can always count on them to be kind of a high seed, um, get pretty far. Oregon has just... a natty in basketball, though. Let's not forget. Well, I'm talking about the Oregon football and Gonzaga basketball. Sorry, I thought I, I should clarify. But, um, yeah, so you can count on them to get sure. close, um, but just never quite gets there. Um, and so I think that's just a, a good comparison for Kyle's arc in this league. 
Speaking of never uh, quite getting there, I wanted to talk to you both as fellow T-Swift division members. A lot of slander thrown towards our division early uh, this year, uh, specifically on draft day by the Rihanna division. And yet I'm seeing three teams from the T-Swift division, as well as a better overall combined record. Um, any any commentary towards Rihanna division? Any hostility or did you were you confident in this result taking place? I mean, the Rihanna division can talk all they want. We saw that it was a bunch of washed up old timers that think they're still uh, champions in this league um, of the names of Jack, um, the complete bottom seed Tyler. You just you just you know they're going to run their mouths, but it's not going to it's not going to prove to be anything. And Randall, um, Palm brings up a good point. A lot of dead ball eras we're now calling it in the Luke uh, champions mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm. division. Um, were you confident that the T Swift division would hold the Luke champion this year? Uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, wasn't in favor of changing the name to T Swift. So at the beginning of the year, I had some mixed feelings about it, but. I think the trash talk that was coming from the Rihanna division just didn't hold any weight. And kind of what you and Paul were saying is, um, you know, the, the players that have been the most competitive, uh, probably Sands Cooper the last few years were all in the T-Swift division. So I think it's kind of interesting that uh, that was the narrative to start off the season. Yeah. Well said, well said. And with that being said, Let's move into the matchups that we're going to see these next two weeks in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to save your guys' for a second here. So I want to start with David and John. Paul, you famously have had a, an ongoing rivalry with John, especially this year. Ratcheted up maybe uh, 12 notches, uh, some would say. And you've been continuing to uh, pester John throughout the season. Is there some perspective on him making the playoffs and or how do you think this matchup's going to fare between David and John? You already said David is probably the best team in the league, uh, in your opinion. Obviously, you always exclude yourself when you make those opinions. Um, what do you think is going to take place in these next two weeks between the two? Um, John is going to be on all fours. Oh. <laughs> and David's just going to be behind him. Just having a good old time. And I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm not going to go into more details. Randall's in a target. Don't want any bystanders to hear. Um, <laughs> but I do think that's what's going to happen. What I want to happen is uh, David to underperform and John by a miracle get to the championship. Because, uh, again, I would like to see a Taylor Swift um, person win. I always think it's funny when uh, people that haven't won a championship still don't win as a fellow championship holder myself. Well, as someone um, that has a so, championship, it would be uh, for all of us. Yeah, so I would, uh, if I can't get there, which I think I will, um, I'd love to see Randy hold the trophy um, and either hold David to zero championships or uh, beat John, my uh, kind of nemesis this season. Yeah, I would say I'd say that's a fair Fair premise. I mean, outside we of Derek, I think there. Well, but we can't call Derek a nemesis because because you want some competition between uh, nemeses, and there's just kind of it's just one side for the for the Derek Paul um, matchups. So John yeah. John can be John, John's a more worthy opponent, I should say, and that's why he's in the playoffs and Derek isn't. Yep, not much more to be said there, uh, no. Randall. On your side of things, do you see it going the same way? Do you see John having 
a good chance here to pull off what we would probably all consider an upset. How do you feel? Uh, no, I think, I think John has, uh, uh, I wouldn't say a good shot, but a shot for sure. I think looking at David's team, specifically Miami's opponents the next two weeks, I think they're not great defenses. They might play the Jets next week, so I don't, that might not be true, but, uh, I'm pretty sure they play the Titans because I think Waddle plays the Titans. So, uh, that's just a that's a terrible pass defense. So uh, this week might be tough for John, but if he can you know hang within twenty points or so, I think he's got a shot. Because uh, I mean his team like his he's kind of the opposite of Paul in a way, and that his running back stable compared to Paul's receiver stable is, I think you could say the best in the league. I don't think that's pretty. Yeah, uh, he's got running back two four debatable. And- a chain who's 24 because he's only played like six weeks, but is averaging more than right. back in the league. Um, and so yeah, I think John John definitely has a shot. Um, he's going to need Saquon to do more than he's done in recent weeks, but I think Kamara has some good matchups, uh, and so John's definitely got a shot. I think more than anything, he's just hoping the Titans get up or sorry, the Dolphins get up early and just end up running the ball more. But uh, he, he's, uh, he's earned his way into the playoffs and uh, we'll see what happens. And I wanted to ask you both before we move on to your matchup here. Um, how do you feel about the two week playoff matchups? Cause obviously the premises being that the better team over two weeks should, should win. Randall, I'll start with you. Um, do you like that format? Would you be more in favor of a one-week matchup for, for you know, kind of an increased chance of upset? How do you feel in general about the uh, two-week playoff matchups in both the semis and championship? I've always liked the two weeks per per matchup. Um, I think it's uh, it to your exact point, Connor. I think it more or less benefits the stronger team. But there's still like if you know one one player just has or one team has a really strong week, then that's sometimes enough to just kind of drag across the finish line. So I've always thought it's been good. Um, I I don't know if you were to change it, I would imagine you have to change the amount of teams of the ten that get into the playoffs. Um, not sure how that would work or what the format options are, but I've always been a fan of four teams getting in and then two weeks per, per matchup. Paul, any, any thoughts on your side here? I know you just had to make the move. So. Um. Oh yeah. I, I agree with Randall. I like the two week matchup. I think it gives it, um, I think it makes it so typically one of the best people do win. Um, so that's what I like. I've always thought that this year was a year I thought, and of course I'm going to say this, but I thought it'd be fun if you have three teams get in and then the fourth team, be a wild card as the fourth team being the person with the highest points, whether that's best record or not just the fourth team with the highest points um, be that last kind of wild card spot. That'd be the only thing that I'd maybe even talk about. I know a lot of leagues do have a little bit more um, slant on um, points for to even it out, just to make sure at least all the best teams are in there. But I think the two week uh, playoff matchups do make it. So usually the better team does win. Yeah, and, and I'd love to do that as well. Obviously, we'd have to switch away from ESPN because they don't uh, customize us. I know, exactly, yeah. 
Um, but in a way, we do that already, though, because if you have breaker. the same record as someone, the tiebreaker is points for. So it's like, are you? I don't know if it's fair for a. Well, and the, the classic know, example know, is five and eight right? team to get in over a seven and six team just because they have more points for them, you know. Well, and like again, I'll bring this up again. Like Tyler this year, he he didn't lead in points for, but if he was in the top four and he's two and eleven, that's tough for me to swallow personally. But at the same time, I understand fantasy football is trying to score the most points every week, so I can see both sides of it. That would well, just it's, be it's a wild card. That's what's kind of fun about it. You. Very cool. I didn't, I didn't the balloons. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a wild card. That's why I think it's kind of fun because it's wild card. Nope, didn't do it again. For those not watching, since none of you are watching, balloons just popped up on my screen and none of us know how that happened. So it's probably because it's a celebration of your guys' matchup, which is what I want to get into next. Um, Randy and Paul obviously squaring up in the one four matchup, but I think there's a consistent opinion, and Randy, this is no slander to you. I'm just repeating the facts I've heard from other Lug owners, that Paul is actually the more scary team in this playoff, first round of the playoffs. I'm curious, Paul, if you want to start here, what are your thoughts on your guys' matchup as well as Randall's team name, which is about as aggressive as we've seen Randall go. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet. Um, he's bringing your wife into it, and uh, not in the most um, shining of lights, I wouldn't say. Uh, for those who didn't hear the Dave and John portion of the podcast, Randall has named his team Hannah Blew Me Like I'm a Chubba. Um, and apparently talking to Jack, uh, he, he actually had to go... Chuba. To, his uh, name is pronounced Chuba, which would be closer to Tuba, Con. Okay, got it. We thought actually in the first part of the podcast you were alluding to a chub. Uh-oh, Hannah's now in the room. This no, is- his name is awkward. Chuba Hubbard. Oh my gosh. Okay, quick backstory before Paul goes on his probably 18-minute rant here. So I texted Jack last night. I'm like, hey, can you double-check if my team name is Kosher? And uh, he, he he did the exact same thing. He's like, He's like Chuba, like a, like a small dick, like a chub, and I'm like, I gotta talk quieter, sorry. Um, but uh, I'm like, <laughs> no, his name is <laughs> his name is Chuba Hubbard. So like Chuba is much more closer to the musical instrument of tuba, and the fact that I have to explain this kind of irritates me. And is it safe to say though, Randall, the implication of the team name would not change regardless of Chuba, Chuba? No. No, I think the point gets <laughs> <laughs> So, Paul, what are your thoughts with a, an aggressive team name like that, um, as well as a matchup that you are facing these next two weeks in Randall Tanner? Yeah, honestly, all is fair in love and war. Um, I love the team name. Personally, I've loved them all season. Um, if anything, it makes me a little bit more worried to play Randall because, as he said, his uh, team does better, the better his uh, pun slash team name is. So this is obviously up there for one of the better ones of this season. So I can say I'm a little worried based on his team name. And I think that's about where it ends. Um, I guess I'll be very confident in your team though. So I want to, I want to hear that confidence now on the pod. I mean, that's what what I'm saying. I think the most the scariest thing about his team is the team name. And that's what sorry. I misunderstood. Okay. Yep. No, but I think that's where the the scariness ends. Um, I am. Um, happy that 
Well, I'm not happy that uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably not playing this week, but at least I have a counter to Amon Ra with Jared Goff, but weather doesn't sound promising in that game. Um, so that makes me feel maybe a little bit better as I think that's probably his best player. Um, and then uh, Dak is probably one of the more scary quarterbacks in the league, which is funny because uh, Randall has Patrick Mahomes on his bench. But um, I don't think Randy's team is as deep as mine, and so that's why I'm confident going into my team going forward. I know a lot of people don't necessarily want depth going into the playoffs, um, but with the injuries that we've had this season, if I had um, a top guy go down, um, I'd still feel pretty good about my lineup. I think now I have five, um, five top 20 wide receivers so that makes me feel pretty good. Um, yeah. Like Cor- Cortland Sutton would be starting on a lot of people's teams this week, and he's probably my fifth option. Uh, so uh, wide receivers alone, I think I get a little bit of confidence. The thing that makes me a little sad is Trey McBride, as Randy alluded to in the pod last week, is kind of in my secret weapon. You can kind of count on him for a minimum of eight and a half points from the tight end, which is just so boomer bust. Um, so it's kind of a bummer that the Cardinals are on by this week, but I'm feeling really good about my team. I really do think I have two of the better running backs in the league and obviously a three to five headed monster in my uh, wide receivers. Wait, you consider Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris two of the better running backs in the league? Oops, you forgot about the guy that's the fifth running back overall um, and has only played eight weeks, which is his name is Kyron Williams. And he is one of the reasons that I got to the playoffs. So if you want to keep He will also it, be the reason you're eliminated. I just want to repeat yeah. that. And you just have to keep making it further. He sucks, he sucks, he sucks. He'll be the reason you don't make it to the playoffs to the reason he'll all, he'll eliminate me. Honestly, keep it up. It just is more fuel to my fire. Um, so I have two of the only running backs in the league. I think there's maybe one more in uh, Joe Mixon who are really the only workhorse backs in the league. So um, to have someone at least gives you the opportunities, no matter how bad their team is, looking at you, Josh Jacobs, it gives me confidence that um, hopefully my running backs have a at least high floor. Um, and then obviously my wide receivers, um, any of them can go on for 20 plus points. So looking at Randy's team, I'm really not that scared um, at all. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm looking at it and I would think this could be a beer mile contender. So uh, feel good to be playing Randy this week. And that's a perfect lead in because he was our beer mile contender and winner last year. Well, Loser by his effort, winner in terms of getting the honor to run it. Um, Randall, though, that being said, you are on a bit of a streak here with uh, your championships or last place kind of alternating. Somewhat of a San Francisco Giants in the 2010 um, era MLB reference for uh, the four of you that watch baseball still. Um, Want to know how you feel going into the playoffs. Obviously, Paul had some strong comments there about your team and and not being very scared. Um, where do you inspire faith in your roster from? Like, what what are your thoughts towards a victory in these next two weeks? Well, I guess let me just answer Paul's words with, because I know how much he loves statistics, right? And he's sent us or me a nice long text earlier today about how he scored a full game's worth of points more than me this year which is like 70 i just think that's laughable if you think 70 points is a full game's worth but what what have you uh, you, you won a so game with 80 points so you won a game with 80 points this year i just want that to be known all right paul well i'm pretty sure you've won weeks with less than 90 points or less than 100 points as well so 
Um, here, here's some stats for, for your big behind, buddy. Um, <laughs> you are actually tied dead last in average finishing position in the 11 years of our league. And you are tied with a guy who I don't think you want to be compared with uh, any, in any statistic with fantasy football. And that is your son, Derek. Uh, you are also tied second to last in playoff appearances. And you are also dead last in um, overall record. So you are coming up against a manager who is just in a whole nother universe than you. Ergo, my team name. And the fun thing for me, both fun and scary, because your team is hot. You have scored over 300 points in the last two weeks. You're feeling good. This is your best chance in 11 years of actually winning the Yarby and everything is laid out right in front of you. You said yourself, John and David, you're confident against both of those guys. So if you can get past me, you are right that your hands would literally be on the trophy. It would be so satisfying for you to stub your toe against a quote beer mile contender of a roster and have to join your buddy Kyle and just probably going zero dark 30 on us. And we'd have to do check-ins between now and next August because you blew your best shot at a championship. And I just hope that doesn't happen, but I also kind of do. Um, so those are some statistics for you and uh, all the best, my guy. That is that is pretty phenomenal um, research done by Randall Tainer there, especially Paul, man, dead last in overall record, um, even behind your son, Derek Sanger. Uh, any response? Uh, I looked at that earlier this week, and I did see that. And <laughs> I have just kept you knew the quiet. ammo. You knew the um, ammo. Randall yeah, I've known the ammo for a while. Just didn't think anyone would look at it. I will say the. Uh, overall place finish that number is not really accurate because uh it takes into place your consolation a consolation um i do agree with that actually yeah yeah which is um so all that to say but he general record speaking he is he is right i uh i mean this is one of my best uh seasons ever with the team that i drafted and what did i finish seven and six so uh, can't really say that it's the hottest thing ever. So everything Randall said is right. Um, I know this is my best opportunity in years. I do believe that I have the first or second best team. Um, and I would love to hold the trophy um, for proof of that. And because these opportunities are very slim for me. I have been on the playoffs uh, three times total. Two of those happened in the first two years of the Lug. Um, One of those was a different person that drafted for me. Um, so uh, this is the second time in 10 years that I have been in the playoffs. Um, it, it almost scares me more how humble Paul's actually being right now. Uh, yeah, that means well, I think he does have real confidence in his roster. I do have a lot of confidence in this roster. I'm really excited. Um, and again, I think Randall would agree with this. I would rather play his team than David's uh, the next two weeks. Um, but Again, every team is good in this league. Even if I was playing Tyler in the playoffs, I think I'd still be scared. Or even if I was playing you, Connor, with the least amount of points, you still have CD Lamb on your team. So it's a very competitive year. Ricochet shot, but it's fair. 
Well, no, it's true. No, but it's like <laughs> there's not one team that you should feel great playing against, uh, no matter who you're facing. With who's in the playoffs, I guess I'm feeling okay that I'm playing Randall, but it's anyone's matchup, and Randall's right. This is the best opportunity that I've had maybe ever um, with a team that I drafted. So, uh, yeah, well said. Again, yeah, it scares me more how how calm you are uh, about yeah. those statistics because I think in in past years we'd see a little more um, amped up version of Paul Sheffield. No, but I know them all. I know them all, and I've been seeing that, and it makes me it humbles me to know that. Maybe I am not the owner that I think I am, but this year I think my squad is the team I think it is. So um, let's let's get this W. And before we uh, sign off with both of you, I did want to repeat, there are some interesting implications coming up for the beer mile, actually. Tyler will obviously be running. He will be running the full mile um, as instituted by the league as punishment, 12 minutes, four beers. Um, along with him, though, we have a matchup between John Fishback and Kyle George coming up between the Falcons and Saints. Uh, winner of that game, the loser will have to run one lap with John and have one beer. And with that, Cooper Sprunk had lost his bet, um, I believe with you, Randall. Is that correct? Represent Brock Purdy, baby. Yep. And he actually lost both legs of that bet. So he has two laps to run with Tyler, uh, beer for each lap included in that. But then last night, Cooper and Jack came to agreement on a wager where if Jack can kick a 41-yard field goal in three attempts, so that's from the 31-yard line for all those who uh, don't know the classic 10-yard end zone, uh, if he can kick mm -hmm. a field goal 41 yards in three attempts on the day of the beer mile, Cooper will add a lap and a beer to his punishment, his losing bet, I should say. If he misses... Jack will take one of Cooper's two laps and a beer and run the first lap with either Kyle or John and Cooper as well. Uh, I will say after our sixth wow. grade LO silver basketball games this morning, Jack and I went out to Tiger high school and he took a couple practice kicks. The leg is stronger than I thought. 41 yards is a long way, but the leg is stronger than I thought. Jack's an athlete. I feel good with Jack in three attempts. Did he make I'm any? Really honest. Uh, that's to be seen, Randall. I will not divulge yeah. any information outside of the leg is stronger than I thought. Yeah, uh, Jack, nice, Jackson nice athlete. I will oh. also say the one thing I'll divulge is I think 41 yards is a very correct line Distance. because yeah. it was they weren't sailing through. They weren't missing by 10 yards. I won't represent what really took place in our practice session today. Um, but it's going to be an interesting three attempts prior to that beer mile. And I'm excited that Tyler is going to have some companionship along those laps, uh, regardless of who it is running mm -hmm. with him. So interesting little note for the loop there. Otherwise, I know we went way longer than I promised. That's kind of the usual here on Commissioner's Corner. So we will go ahead and sign it off unless either of you have any uh, final you, I have I have a joke, actually. You guys want to hear my joke? Oh, yes. Paul, sorry. You you. Did mention that. Go for it. Okay. So a priest, a construction worker, and a little person walk into a bar. The priest goes in and says, can I have some of Jesus' blood, please? The bartender kind of rolls his eyes, knowing that he's asking for red wine, and gets him some red wine. The construction worker says, can I have some whiskey on the rocks, please? The bartender says, what kind of whiskey do you want? He tells him just some Buffalo Trace would be fine. Pours him his Buffalo Trace. And he's off. The, the little person kind of struggles to get up to the counter. 
He goes, can I have a, and the bartender just stops him and says, can I see your ID, son? And he hands him his ID. He checks it out, sees the birth date, and hands it back and says, thanks, Mr. John Fishback. What can I get for you? <laughs> I knew I nice. knew where it was nice. going, but that was a perfect delivery. Well done, Paul. Well Con, done. can I tell a joke, too? Uh, it can't be your priest joke. Okay, it's it's not the priest one, but I'll do a different one. Um, all right, so uh, similar to Paul's, uh, three guys, three friends walk into a bar. They all get a drink, and they're sitting around a table. The first friend speaks up, and he's like, hey, guys, I think I'm really fast. Like, I might be the fastest person in the world. The other two buddies kind of look at him. They're like, there's no way. They're like, there's no way that's true. So they go out. They time like a 40-yard dash of this guy, write down his information. They send it to the Guinness Book of World Records. The second friend then just says, hey, I'm pretty tall. Like, I actually might be the tallest person in the world. So they measure his height, take his picture, send his information to the Guinness Book of World Records. And then the third friend speaks up and he's like, hey, guys, I... Uh, I, I kind of have a small dick. Like I might have one of the smallest dicks in the world. My two friends are like, oh, it's a little weird you're telling us, but thanks for being honest. So they measure it, write down his information. They send it off to the Guinness Book of World Records. A couple of weeks goes by, they all get letters in the mail. So they meet up at the same bar, sitting around the table. The first friend opens up his letter. He's like, guys, I did it. I am indeed the fastest man in the world. They're all excited. The second guy then tears open his letter. And he's like, hey, I did it too. I am the tallest man in the world. Then the third friend, kind of excited now, tears open his letter and says, who the fuck is Paul Sheffield? <laughs> I knew, again, knew exactly where it was going, but you guys absolutely killed the delivery. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic work by both of you. Uh and with that, I think I think that's a perfect place to end this portion of the podcast for the one and the only mouth of the South, for our politician himself in D.C., Randall Tainer. Thank you both for joining. Good luck these next two weeks in the matchup. We'll probably be trying to talk to both of you again next week, mid, mid-matchup if possible. Um, Great. Hopefully I'm up by 50 like I would be this past week if I would have played Randall. So it should be an easy pod this next time. All right. Well, I just hope we didn't, you know, score all your points too early there, buddy. And it's pronounced Chuba, guys. Come on. <laughs> all right. Peace out, fellas. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. At the end of the pod here, a very special surprise. Running our first ever Luke welfare check. Uh, and luckily, he agreed. He has agreed to break his silence. It's the one and only big ticket, Kyle George, after a heartbreaking end to the Luke season. He is here to share his thoughts. Kyle, thank you so much for joining and and let us speak for all the let me speak for all the Luke when we say we hope you're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh no, I didn't think this would turn into I mean, I guess it's been called a bit in the group chat, but I, I generally was just taking a break from all things fantasy football for a solid day or two. And then everyone started freaking out. And I was like, you know what? It's been nice and peaceful not having to deal with <laughs> banter or shit talk or anything. And so I was like, I'm just going to continue this. I, I genuinely have not even really paid attention to anything football wise. 
I guess bets is the only thing, but like I haven't even opened up the fantasy app. I don't think since Monday. Um, and it's been kind of nice. Like it's, it's, it's definitely a load off the shoulders. <laughs> and I've said this, you, you earned the right to at least be considered in the, the final week of the load. But I will say since I've been eliminated, I, I mentioned this with John and David at the beginning of the pod, I've enjoyed NFL football more because I'm not just freaking out every Sunday. Like I'm not looking at my phone, like a crack addict, you know, every 30 minutes about what happened, you know, as I'm, as I'm driving or wherever I'm going, it's, there is some relaxation in the fact that it's, the season for us, unfortunately, is done. Would we rather be competing for the Yarby? Of course. But there is something nice about that. And the good news is you have the Falcons making a playoff run right now. Um, and your boy, Desmond Ritter, uh, you ride or die with Ritter. We know that. Um, so you, you've got something still to look forward to football-wise to keep you engaged in the season. No doubt. Desmond Ritter is going to lead us to the playoffs as a 500 football team. We're going to get a favorable matchup or we're going to win a playoff game. That's that's my hope for the Falcons at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely definitely wish I was still competing, Connor. But at the same time, it just is what it is. You just move yep. on. It <laughs> is what it is. And so let's unfortunately have to uh, go back through what took place. So I believe in the final two weeks, um, John was letting us know you had to win one of those final two games to clinch. Uh, I I don't know. I think you played Randall and Paul potentially. Is that is I that... I played the arguably the two best teams. I played David and Randall. David and Paul. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. So, or sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to start with the matchup versus David. Um, we all know you are always locked in fantasy football wise. You've built a very good rep- reputation for yourself as a winning owner. Um, did you? feel the same amount of stress not the same did you feel stressed in that matchup with David or did you know hey I've still got next week regardless and it it can always come down to one week what were you thinking as you went into that matchup with David and then obviously as it transpired the way it did I mean I it took a it I feel like this is just kind of a common trend like late in the fantasy football season for me is like I feel like I I catch those like those giant performances and unfortunately against David, that was Josh Allen putting up 39 points. I ended, I mean, I had 119 that week, which is not a crazy good week, but you know, a pretty respectful. That's a great week. I mean, 119 is a great week. That's a great um, week. I'll say it. I mean, as the lowest point scorer, I'd take 119 anytime I could get it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he put like Josh Allen puts up 39 points against the Eagles, which is, you know, not a matchup. I think a lot of people, uh, not only against the Eagles, but in Philadelphia, he puts up right. those. And I remember watching that game and the the Eagles turned the ball over on like the first play of the drive, I think twice in the second half. And so the Bills just had the ball the whole first half of the game and he already had like 25 points come halftime. And so that was that was definitely a frustrating week. But after losing to him, I mean, I felt like I had good momentum going into play Randall the last week. And I, you know, I remember breaking it down last podcast, obviously there was a lot of other things that had to happen for me to not make the playoffs outside of me, uh, me and my matchup with Randall. Um, and I kind of just looked at it like I just needed to win. Uh, right. Cause I broke down that four leg parlay as I put it last week. And I, you know, I stood by it at the time and obviously it came to fruition. I didn't really feel like those, le- it was that unreasonable of a thing to have happen. You can look at the, the ESPN percentages and say, you know, Oh, I had an 80% chance to make it or whatever it was. Um, but at the end of the day, like Paul's team is probably the hottest team in fantasy football. So to, to think that he wouldn't win and outscore me, I think was something that, you know, 
a lot of people laugh at, but I really wasn't shocked at. Paul seems really good. Yeah. And so I kind of just looked at it like I needed to beat Randall. And unfortunately for me, you know, bad luck strikes again where two of my players get hurt on the first drive, which, you know, I tried to say this in the group chat, but we all have to deal with injuries. It's just, there's nothing you can do about it when it happens on the first drive of the game. Cause it's like, that's just truly like nothing you mismanaged, nothing you did wrong as an owner. It's just pure bad luck. Um, it is. Like I, I was mean, having to find somebody on the waiver wire to replace one of my injured guys and like figure out who to start. It's not one of those types of management situations. It's just, you put out a lineup that's good. And unfortunately they just get hurt during the game, which is demoralizing, especially when it's a must win week. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And and you're right. It's not mismanagement in those cases. That's a, you, you, you set your lineup thinking, you know, you have to assume the player's going to play the whole game, obviously. Um, so and, well, and I think what made it worse too is like, I think if those players don't get hurt, I probably win the matchup against Randall. Like it would have been one thing if Randall put up like 150 and even if those guys played and right. I still lost either way, then that just is what it is. But to me, like, I think I, I would have beat Randall. I think if they played their full games, um, Obviously talking to Andre Stevenson and Christian Kirk for, for the rest of the Luke who wasn't as locked in. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing is like, you hear those names and some people are like, why would you just assume you're going to win? Well, I mean, like Ramondre had probably his most favorable matchup of the year playing like the worst rush defense in the league against the chargers. He had nine carries on the first drive for like 40 something yards hurts his knee and fumbles on that play. But it was clear, like he was going to be the focal point of the offense. The Patriots right. have no passing game. So I think he was going to have, you know, 20, 25 touches and he was kind of just hitting his stride too. Like the two weeks prior to that, he had over 20 carries in both those games. You look at how Zeke performed in the game when he went down, Zeke had like 19 carries, 50 something yards. I would have to imagine Ramondre would have gotten the majority of those and probably been more efficient compared to Zeke. So his floor in that game, I think was eight or nine points with the potential of it being even higher. Cause I think he's a better player than Zeke was. Absolutely. Uh, no, that's the same can be said for Kirk. You know, I played Kirk over Puka this week, which hurts even more because if I played Puka, I would have won. But I played Kirk because the Bengals, like I was doing a bunch of research on this. They're like one of the more susceptible teams to giving up big plays. So I'm like, oh, like Kirk's literally a big play receiver. I feel well, like look, he, he had one catch for 26 yeah. yards right before he got hurt. Yeah, first play for the Jags. He's wide open downfield for 25-yard catch, and he gets hurt on it. I was like, dude, I really think he would have had a solid 10 to 12 points that game. Combine that with Ramondre, I beat Randall. Um, you know, should have, would have, or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess, in the sense that I'm just complaining about it. But I feel no, like I generally would have won. It's good to hear the background that you – the research that you put into it because – it does justify playing those players. Cause one of my questions was going to be, does it sting a little bit more that Puka wins you the matchup being arguably maybe him dead on a chain, uh, like the two best pickups of the year, I would say, um, especially Puka and hearing kind of the background research you put in, it's like, well, that makes perfect sense. You know, you're going against the Bengals. I, I couldn't play a Rams player again, dude. They, like the three weeks leading up to like prior to that last matchup, I had played Rams players and they scored like two points every time. I'm just like, I just cannot trust them again. And like you look at Puka, he had 21 points. He had four catches for 105 yards. One of those catches was like an 80 yard catch for a touchdown. Yeah. It's just like one of those anomaly plays where you're like, no way you could predict that kind of thing. 
Um, and so you take that play away, Puka doesn't have that great of a week. So it's obviously it's frustrating. Like, yes, I wish I played in, but at the same well, yeah. Again, hindsight, shoulda, woulda, coulda. That's why I think the background that you provided around your research you did and everything is very valuable to the Lug to know, hey, obviously there was a lot of thought and care put into the lineup and unfortunately didn't didn't work out um, in that matchup. And, and speaking of the matchup, I do want to go fast forward to Monday night because going into that matchup, Paul was still looking like I believe he was projected 132 and David was 136 and a half. And I want to kind of go through your emotions in that matchup. And I want to start here. Uh, Actually, give us your pregame thoughts and then I'll I'll ask some follow-ups. Yeah, like I said, I went into Monday night and, and I'm not just saying this because of how things went down. This is like genuinely like how I actually felt. I, I didn't, I, I knew Paul was probably going to win that matchup. Like, okay. I don't, like that was my mindset because I just didn't think it was that crazy for, uh, I think if I remember, I could be off by a couple points here there, but I think it was like Trevor Lawrence needed to score like 20 and Jamar Chase needed to score. It was like 15, 14 or 15 or something like that. And like, to me, I'm like ESPN, their percentages say what they say. I don't like, I, I was like, there's a very good chance that that their percentages just so just so we're all clear on this. Their percentages don't mean they're so stupid. Like, and, like and it's so funny because like Paul at one point in that matchup against David, it, it was like 99 percent chance David wins and one percent chance Paul wins. And then, and then like, there's one touchdown. Players had like a four point play and it went to 50 50. I was like, it's not like one player had like a fucking like a 12 like like the jamar chase touchdown like obviously that one swayed a lot but it wasn't even one of those types of plays that swayed it this is on sunday by the way not monday but it just goes to show that like the percentages are so ridiculous and i think paul pays a lot of attention to them and uses them as like substance in his arguments and like i kind of brush them aside because i i just don't really think they're that relevant um anyway we're getting away from the point here uh, I genuinely felt like Paul was going to win and I wasn't going to be shocked by that. So I just looked at it that Christian Kirk needed to have a good game and I felt like he had a good chance to do it. I, I think I bo- Paul and I were breaking this down. Um, he needed like a hundred yards and a touchdown basically to do it. And this is like going back to why I played him. I was like, this is a game that I feel like he could do that because it really only takes one or two big plays for him to do that and then finding the end zone. So I felt like there was a pretty good chance that Christian Kirk would have put up like 20 points that game. Um, and he he got a big play on the very first play of the game. The very that first play. Even more, I, was like, I, like, I think that just kind of goes to show that like that was going to be one of their big time options. Like maybe I'm reading too, too far into that and blowing it out of proportion. Like I'll, I'm willing to admit that maybe I am. But, like, that was just my mindset. It was, like, I really felt like Christian Kirk was going to be, like, the guy in the offense that game just because the Bengals' secondary is really bad. And, like I said, from what I've read, they, they're they a team that's susceptible to giving up big plays. So and, – And, I mean, he's been Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy all year. We all thought it was going to be Calvin Ridley, but it's been Christian Kirk. Christian yeah. Kirk's been their best receiver this year, or at least most productive. Um, so I don't think that's too far-fetched to think the way you were – and so now I want to talk about kind of the events that transpired in that game. So talk to me a little bit about when Christian Kirk went down and then obviously you're immediately flipping to, okay, David, let's hold yeah. on. Right. I mean, it's, it's hold on somehow. <laughs> and then um, you see Jamar chase has basically, I think it was four or five catches in the first quarter for seven yards. You know, it's, they're obviously feeding him the rock 
Uh, what was your mindset there? Because you had to have some, I would imagine, some hope, even with Kirk going down, because although the projections suck, I mean, I was watching it, and I, I felt good about your chances even after Christian Kirk went down, to be honest with you. Yeah. I like, still felt good about your chances. But then when I saw him throw him five straight screens in the first <laughs> first yeah. drive, I was like, oh, this could get really scary really quick. It was so funny. The announcers were just like, oh, yeah. like it was like it was Obvious like, game plan. It was, like, or no, it was Aikman. It was like, we talked to the offensive coordinator. It's like they're, folk- like they're going to Jamar Chase today. Like that's their guy. And that was like the whole first drive is all they were talking about is like how much they were going to feed Jamar Chase. And I was just like, fuck this, dude. Like this is obviously he's just going to get a ton of catches. Um, and one of those is usually going to break if you throw yeah. the guy the ball like 12 times. Like that's hard to contain him for, you know, 20 yards. Exactly. And um and i and i watched the whole first half and i was like okay like they seemed to be shadowing like they had a safety over the top most of the place like all those catches were like they're just basically screen plays at the line of scrimmage and they were hoping to have him you know beat one guy and bust right. it for 15, right. 20 yards. but they're containing him pretty well so i was like okay he's getting a lot of catches but like he's not doing a lot with them um and so, but then i was like okay halftime comes along and I'm, I'm totally with you that was when i was like okay like david might hold on because yep I, was you, I, I looked at it like if Jamar Chase scores a touchdown in the second half, I'd probably lose. If he yep. doesn't, then I I probably win. That's kind of how I broke it down. Because I knew Trevor Lawrence was going to get his points. Like the Bengals are not a good defense. So I, I knew he was going to get what he needed to do. It's just going to come down to Jamar scoring. And dude, I'm like, I'm not kidding when I say this. It was that first drive when the Bengals had the ball. Yeah, and the it was that third down. And I like it was both their safeties were blitzing. And they're on the line of scrimmage. I was literally like, I think like Chloe was in the room. I was like, Chloe, there's no safety help. Like, here's the play. And sure enough, it was the play to Jamar Chase. That was like 70 yards for a touchdown. Because it was one-on-one on the outside. It was third and 10, no safeties over the top. Just like prime for a Jamar Chase touchdown. And sure enough, it fucking happened. And then I knew it was over. <laughs> did, you, did you turn the game off immediately? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I figured yeah. I was. I think I, I just went to the shower. I was like, I'm just going to go to the shower and just like rethink my life. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's such a weird connection to fantasy football. We have that. I think just because this league means so much to all of us that in a sense, when that happens, it actually ruins my day. Like oh, yeah. when it happens to me, those kind of things. It's like, I don't want to think about football. I don't want to watch. I'm not watching. If it were earlier in the day, I'm not watching Sunday night. I don't care anymore. Like it, it ruins the football season in a sense because I can't appreciate just the NFL as its own. It's all about the fantasy. So I, I can't imagine that that pain there. Um, the other tough part was it's not like the guy got complete. The corner got completely burned. He had a play on the ball yeah. and just, I mean, came up fingertips short, obviously. Yeah, uh, it was a nice play for sure. By it was a great play. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't question how good Jamar Chase is. I also started to smell the end um, for yourself. Unfortunately, when not only did Trevor Lawrence score, but he had to have a rushing touchdown this game. It's yeah. like, come on, he needs the two extra points on that. That's that's painful. <laughs> it was it was not a great Monday night, Connor. I'm not gonna and. Lie. And so now I'm going to ask the, the most painful question, unfortunately, because it, it's been asked earlier on the pod. Um, how do you feel this impacts your standing as an owner in the loop in your legacy? That's, it's a great question, and I knew this was going to be one of the ones. I know. I'm sorry. I, I have to do my um, duty as a host. Yeah. When I was thinking about how I was going to answer this, it's like it's just getting frustrating because – 
and it, I don't mean to sound egotistical or, or cocky or any way because I feel like it's it's kind of known, but I feel like I'm probably arguably the most, or at least in the top three of being the most consistent in terms of like putting together a good There's team. There's no doubt about it, Kyle. You don't have to feel I, any sort of way. That's just a fact. I don't have bad teams, really. Like I always have a team that I feel so like- Your whole thing is enough. that you finish second through fifth. Like that's a really <laughs> yeah. good reputation to have. And it's, it, this is, this is actually, uh, I just thought of this on the spot, but like, I feel like Randall and I are pretty similar in that like we both, I, Randall had a bad year last year to be fair, but it, the worst year and the worst year. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Bad beer mouth. Uh, <laughs> but take away last year, but Randall typically is in the same boat. I would say where like, he always puts out a competitive team that's playoff caliber could potentially win. And he it has received the results of what you would expect for an owner that does that consistently because he has two championships. And I have to sit here on the side being like, I've done what Randall's done, if not even better, when you factor it, when you expand it across the last five or six seasons, and I have nothing to show for it. So it's like you would think that being somebody or being an owner that consistently has a playoff caliber team, you'd eventually have a championship, but like it's just not coming to fruition. And so it's starting to take a toll. Um, it's a funny narrative, obviously. I I get it for the league. <laughs> that I don't that I'm one of the guys that doesn't have a championship. I get that it's entertaining, but it's definitely starting to to become frustrating. I almost feel like I need to start drafting worse teams on purpose because maybe that will <laughs> be the championship. Like no, and I don't mean to single anybody out here, Connor, but I'm ranting at this point. So I'm just gonna go full full shebang here with the rant. But I don't mean to single out John this year, but like I don't think John's team is good. And there's always I've said earlier in the pods, like I, I thought his team was shit. I can't yeah, believe I don't think I don't, I don't necessarily think it's as bad as maybe you think it is, but like let's be yeah. honest, he's not winning the championship. Like there, if John wins the championship, I will be so unbelievably shocked if that happens. Like there's just no way he's beating David Paul. He could probably beat Randall's team because I don't think Randall's team's that powerful, but David and Paul, I feel like should be the favorites going into it. Like their teams are far and away on paper better than the other two teams, at least in my opinion. Um, but there's my point about John agrees. is that there's always one or two teams that make the playoffs every year that just aren't good. And that's what makes it annoying as someone who puts together good teams is like, and again, I'll go to Jack at this point. Like in my opinion, Jack has one championship. That's legit. His other two, you know, he can, he can talk. I don't about even know things. if it's, I don't even know if it's one. I'll I give thought we one. agreed. I thought we agreed Randall's first championship or uh, Cooper's maybe, maybe championship was the start of the live ball era. Maybe we did say that, but even even so, like if I if I'm being generous and I give Jack that one championship, when he won that, I've said this before in the podcast, it took Derrick Henry setting the record for the best fantasy performance in the history of fantasy football for him to win our two week playoff matchup, and he won by four points. He only won by four points. So Derrick Henry literally won him the championship. The rest of his team was not good. And then Derrick Henry continued it through the championship and he won because of yeah, Derrick Henry. He beat me. His team that. wasn't that good that year. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's like the best team does not always win. That's a common saying in sports. But, like, to me, it's starting to feel like that is especially the case in fantasy football. And to throw Jack another bone, like, Jack had the best team last year and he didn't win. He was, like, 12-1 and one in the regular season and he didn't win it. So it just kind of goes to show. He was that. actually undefeated. <laughs> yeah, undefeated. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm just getting frustrated. Like, I'm tired of shitty teams winning. Um, no, you're right. I mean, that that is fantasy football to a nutshell, is that it's not about uh, who's the most dominant team. And it's kind of to your point about the wild card for the best point or the most points for, right? Is like then, if we did this, that most points for, the top four made it every year. 
we're starting to talk about the best teams. But that's what makes this league so fun yeah, is that the fact that literally anyone – I mean, Tyler this year didn't deserve to be 2-11. and 11. We know that. Um, yeah. but no, absolutely and it is what makes fantasy football great there's no doubt because there's going to be maybe one of these days connor i'll have a team that's bad um and maybe that team that's bad wins seven games and i'll be like oh so this is what it's like to have a shitty team and win like this is great i still have a chance um i was like, five and eight i, think I had like I five losses <laughs> i had like five losses this year where i scored over 100 points or something right. like that so it's just I don't know. But then again, I think I had a win against you where I had 70 points. So I guess it, you know, it, it goes both ways, but it just seems like there's always teams that should not be in the playoffs that are in the playoffs. And that's just a fact. I mean, you're, you're, you're not, you're not saying anything unreasonable. That's just, (laughs) that's just a fact of how it goes. And up until last year, to be honest, I felt the exact same way you did. And then I was a shitty team that won. And so I now feel great about how fantasy football takes place. So it will be, I think, the uh, biggest celebration when you inevitably do get your championship because it's well overdue. We all know that. Um, don't let me win one. That means don't let him win one. I, I could see you rattling off a couple in a row. That's <laughs> that's not so far fetched. Uh, I did want to get your opinion. You know, I want to I want to stray away from your team. You've, you've taken a lot of abuse this week, and ask you a couple follow up questions here to to wrap up the pod. First yep. and foremost, do you have a prediction for us of who you think is going to win the championship? It sounds like you're between Dave and Paul, um, but I'm any any prediction works for us. I'm between one of them, but Lily, like I, I'm not kidding. I haven't opened the app since Monday. I don't think so. I haven't looked at their matchup at all. Um, so wait, who's who's even playing who? Like our yeah. So it's 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 John versus David and Randall oh. versus Paul. Yeah, I think then Paul and David would be my two predictions to make the championship. And then, oh man, like, I don't really want either that. Like, here's the thing. I, there's such a big part of me that wants David to win. Cause I love David and I feel like he he's deserving of one, but misery loves company. And he doesn't, well, Paul hasn't won one either. Paul has that's not true. won a championship. So like, and given that's the case, I, I like don't want people that haven't won a championship to win a championship because I want that's other fair. people down, down there with Super me. fair. You'll <laughs> always have Derek with you. I mean, that's true. you'll always have Derek. No, if that's Derek wins a championship for me, Connor, I, oh man. Uh, we might see you leave the league voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, I voluntarily leave the league. Um, so yeah, I guess if I had to choose, Man, I really don't want to choose Paul because we would just never hear the end. I do think Paul's team is primed, at least if I'm (laughs) – I don't know what his matchups look like, um, but his team just seems really strong to me. Like, he's got the three-headed monster at receiver. I feel like those are the teams that typically can put up the biggest weeks, but maybe Tyreek Hill will single-handedly carry David, and the Miami Dolphins will just carry David like they have all season to to a championship. That would be cool. And, and let me give you some reprieve here in terms of Paul Sheffield. I just learned this uh, in the previous portion of the podcast with Randall and Paul. Randall did some great research. Um, did you know Paul Sheffield has the overall worst record in league history? If you look That at- is not shocking. I didn't know that, but that's not shocking to me. Like, and they- he only has two playoff appearances, and they came in the first three years, and he didn't draft one of the teams that made it. This is so. This is what John and I, I don't know if you remember early in the season. I do. I do. There, Bring it way. up. We were down there, and Paul called me, John, and Tyler. And finally, like Paul was like talking all this stuff, he, something about uh Tony on the Chiefs or whatever. Remember that whole debacle yeah. where he like, yeah. needed something at zero points. 
John was the one that brought it up. He's like, wait, Paul, like you're not, you're not actually a good owner, are you? And then we like dove into it more. And we, we learned that he only had like one or two playoff appearances, but he's always talked as if he's this great owner. So that's not shocking and hilarious to learn. I will say. <laughs> I figured that would provide you some joy during these, these dark times for yourself. Is that uh, everything he says, we can pretty much counteract with the fact that he's got a worse record, by the way, than Derek Sanger. That should be mentioned. And he'll just pull up the fact that he's never lost to Derek Sanger. But I mean, you know, I guess in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter if Derek's technically been better throughout the the right. history. Of the league. So I guess a little bit of a, a, the a scale there. Which yeah. side do you want to be on? Do you want to beat one guy every time or be the worst guy all the time? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I think I'd rather be in Derek's shoes, honestly. Right. At least you have the overall record. Um, to wrap it up, I don't want to keep you too long, but we just got breaking news about. Shohei Otani, $700 million for 10 years with the Dodgers. The Dodgers just continue. The rich get richer, as as we know. Um, what are your thoughts there, as well as predictions? Does that lock the Dodgers in for a title? Granted, we've seen them spend like this before, and they only have one World Series to show for it so far. Not even a real World Series, too, COVID year. <laughs> Fun fact. I mean, hey, you won a World Series when everyone played 60 games. I'm just saying, like, does it really count? Fair. I don't know. Fair. Fair. If the Braves would have won it that year, it would have counted for sure. I was going to say, yeah, it sounds sounds like there's a little bias, but... But guess what? They won it the next year when it was a regular season, so I'm, you know, I'm happy that happened. Uh, Anyway, no, one of my buddies uh, in our college group test, because I've got two buddies from college that are huge Dodgers fans, and uh, one of my buddies, he's a Mariner fan, actually sent what I thought was the best text, and he goes... The Dodgers losing in the first round of the DS just got even funnier. <laughs> so, <laughs> perfectly said. That's uh, perfectly very well said. Um, but no, obviously it's, I mean, he's a very good player. He's probably deserving of the money. But if he doesn't return to the same caliber of pitcher that he was before, you're paying $700 million to a DH. And don't get me wrong, he's a very good hitter, arguably the best. And in, in, no, now Ronald Acuna is the best. Uh, maybe <laughs> second to Ronald Acuna uh obviously it's a great bat but is that 700 million dollars worth it at that point so who knows it could come back to bite them i would i would say there's a good i mean it's like poo holes in the dodgers or i mean the angels right it's like at the time it was like yeah i mean you got albert poo holes and then you see what happens for the next 10 years and they're kind of strapped to that guy who's who's weighing them down in some sort of sense like obviously had a couple good seasons but yeah. I'm the very price, interested. It's in money, though, is the thing. So, like, it just doesn't even really impact them. It's like right. other teams wouldn't be able to make other moves like the Angels, but the Dodgers will still be able to make moves because they just have so much fucking money that they'll still just bring in free agents even though they have that contract. Very true. That's the uh, what I'd say is the most frustrating part about baseball is there's three or four teams that can just spend whatever they want and the rest of us are – trying to win with the leftovers and it happens quite a bit luckily that's the good part about baseball is you can win with the leftovers but it is frustrating when there's these big big name free agents it's like okay there's a realistically three or four teams he can go to um that that can supply his value so well kyle we're happy you're doing all right uh we we, the luke is going to be so happy and and i think overall shocked to hear from you and and you did a great job explaining your emotions as well as kind of the moves you made going into the final couple weeks here uh, one more thing one more thing uh hit me 
I did when I think it was it was either Randall or you in the group text, I think, mentioned it being a bit for the first time. Uh and credit to Randall. That was Randy. Randall. So part of me was like, I think I was at work and I saw that and I was like, do I like really take this to like a dark place and like have Chloe like send somebody a text being like, oh sorry, like not sure if you heard, but like this happened and like, oh, like no, actually, like, my God. but then I was like, I can't do that. That would, that would be, be so dirty. Too. <laughs> that would be so dirty. But just to, just to tell you like where my mindset was, it was, it was in that dark of a place that I was almost willing to take it that far. Uh, That's hilarious. <laughs> that is the perfect way to have the fun that if, if you would have texted like Paul with from, or Chloe would have texted Paul, that could have been, brilliant but i'm happy the way you played it i think, uh, I think it would have been bad bad karma like, i was gonna say maybe not worth maybe not worth the karma jinx there <laughs> well then again i mean karma clearly doesn't mean anything i feel like i i do things the right way as a fantasy football owner paul doesn't and talk shit all the time and look he's in the playoffs and... worst record of all time though that's true that's true let's, so let's, let's make sure we finish on that is. worst record of all time <laughs> you are definitely not in the running for that my friend um uh, <laughs> I guess one more final question for the Luke uh, or for you that the Luke will want to hear. Can we expect you to pick yourself up off the mat and come back with the same ferocity we've seen for 11 years in year 12? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I, I pay more attention to fantasy football than I think anybody else in this league, maybe outside of Paul. Uh, no, I, I don't even know. If, I think you might be number one. I might be. I like, I love it so much. I, the prep work is the most fun every year where you like do all the research and maybe I'm just wasting my time though. Maybe I should do a year where I just don't do any research and pick my team and that'll be the year I win. Uh, I obviously have to change something up. So there may be some tactical changes that are made in my approach to fancy football, but no, of course I'll still be at the same ferocity. I'm, I'm here to win. I need, like I said, don't let me win one championship. It's like the Sox in game four. You cannot yep. let me win game four or I'm going to spit off like three or four in a row. Mark my words. I, I believe it. Uh, I, I actually, sorry, I'm doing the part of my take. One last question this time. Yeah. Um, do you think in any ways the karma you've experienced in the league is punishment for playing in multiple leagues every year? Uh, it's a good question. I would say no, though, because aren't there others like – there are others. Plays in multiple league or multiple leagues. I think. There are others. There's definitely others. Okay. And I don't like, respect any of you. No, no. Let's do this. So, like, who doesn't play in another league? I, I don't. I don't think you do. I don't. I Jack doesn't. Um, I think like those are the only two I can think of. Let's. I don't think Tyler does anymore. Yeah, that that does sound right. Actually, I don't think Tyler does. I don't know if Derek does. I would guess Derek does, but maybe. maybe I don't think John Fish does anymore. I will say though, like I almost I I might stop doing my other league just because like I genuinely don't pay attention to it. Like I, I believe I do believe people when they say that I because in the years any of us have done a second league, I think everyone does give the loop their best. Chloe, mm-hmm. get out of the back of the frame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm joking. No, you're fine. She's just leaving. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like I literally have had three weeks this year in my other league where I didn't set my lineup uh, and like obviously lost because of it. Um, but hey, I'm battling for a playoff position in that league despite having not set my lineup. So maybe I'll just pay all attention to that. And maybe I just need to get one championship under my belt, regardless of what league it is. And then that'll carry over to the and other. Kind of the waterfall effect. Yeah. Just get into the win- winning circle once, get on top of that podium and then do it the next year. I don't know. 
Yep. No, I, I think that makes sense. We'll let you uh, go say bye to Chloe. And, and again, appreciate you sharing your thoughts in, in what has truly been a trying time, I think, for hand-blown, hand, hand-blown oh, glass-blown. The team name needs to change, I think. It's it's time for a, a relocation. Yep, uh, I'm finally changing mine as well. I think I think the luck's run out. So, Which uh, I have a long season to think about it, though, so i got to come up with something okay i do kind of like the whole like change the name every week thing that's gotten pretty funny like there's been some really good ones this year i don't know if you've you haven't opened the app yet but uh it's been a topic of conversation on the pod uh randall's name this week is hannah blew me like i'm a chuba and he wants us to know it's chuba like tuba not chuba the way we thought it was uh hannah obviously paul's wife's name um so taking it far that's what we're saying. This is it's the funny. I thought the one with Chloe and Waddling was really funny, by the way. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. That was a good one. <laughs> he's one of the best. I mean, he's probably the top team namer in the league. But uh, yeah, another piece of artistry out of Randall Tainer. So he excited. No to shame see. in just saying he's like fucking everyone's fiance's girlfriends and getting blowjobs apparently now. I don't know. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. I mean, that's that seems over the line. I mean. I guess maybe it's his retribution. Like this is the karma training. that, like, how does he have two championships with doing that? Uh, so maybe I'm, you need to be meaner. Maybe that's maybe, what it is. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just throw caution to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Too many things to change this off season. I don't know if I'm capable of changing everything at once. Yeah, very fair. I think we all, uh, all of us outside of the playoffs, need to do some deep thinking. Yeah. All righty. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining the pod. I know everyone's going to love to hear from you. There, I think, are some people legitimately worried about you. So this will be a nice surprise to know that you are alive and well and and looking forward to next season when hopefully you can claim that first league championship that we all expect out of you. I hope so. I hope so. I need it. I need it for my mental state. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Peace. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.